Welcome to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast, where we discuss and analyze your favorite Marvel sports. From JMR Marble League to all go-do tournaments, we'll make sure you never miss the action. All Marble Sports, all the time, right here on the MSW Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Well, come to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast. My name is Brendan. And I'm Commander Wolf. Man, uh, the things you will follow me with when it comes to the intro. Um, listen. Uh, that, that, that's the weirdest one you've done. Uh, hands might down. Be. <laughs> might be. This sounds... We have spent we have spent a lot of time in over the past year, especially the past recent year, because we've been doing the podcast for about two now. Uh, I don't know when that two year anniversary is. I'm gonna let Waff kinda remind me. I think it's in March. Um uh, pretty sure it's March. I can check the notes. So I keep track of this. We have spent yeah, a lot March twentieth. Uh oh, oh I thought you were it's going to take you longer to check. <laughs> okay, March 20th. Nope. Awesome. Um, so we have spent a lot of time uh, really getting deep into JMR, analyzing the people in JMR, the interactions between those people, the events, how the events are advertised, how the events are imagined, the committees, the reactions of the committees, the disbanding of committees, the reforming of committees, the members of the committee, the, the Marble Earth Project having committee members on to meet and greets we've we've really picked apart this channel right mm -hmm. and and a lot of the emails that we get are very much about or at least some of them um some of them are sometimes like hey what should i name this white marble for my team but some of them are like very much into what the future of the channel looks like what the sub count looks like the the decline of the of the subs in the views the up rise the uplift the what's the opposite of decline undecline uh, whatever ascension <laughs> ascension of the views and it's just been we've really really nitpicked this channel and rightfully so because this is what the topic of the show is and this is where you're going to get that deep analysis but i think sometimes when we do that when we continue to do that and that becomes the norm we forget and we we just it falls flat new just the beauty of simple marble sports and i think that happens here it's happening here with marble mania x as we pick at the copyright problem and the music and the the mm -hmm. the design of the of the arena the new teams what we think about the new teams noxious ivy ew is that even a good name you know why are the pinkies here you know and we forget how beautiful a new idea is, especially in Marble Mania X. So um, what I mean to say here is that today, when we discuss Marble Mania X, I want to really focus on how cool, how basically cool the first three events that we've received from this tournament really are. How just awesome that these were to watch and maybe not spend the time you know, whining that JMR made a mistake with an artist. Did we even like the song? Why are the marbles not all wearing sunglasses? Like, I mean, like just stuff like that that we always get into 
let's really enjoy um, the beauty of, of the events we have here. Um, so with that being said, I think uh, unless Waff has uh, something superfluous, uh, <laughs> sorry, we should go uh, to the news. Yeah, I'll just go real quick. Basically, I we our episode was being recorded late today because uh, I had trouble getting lunch. See, I have a I normally get raising canes for lunch on Sundays, and I have the app, so I like I sign quickly and like order it ahead of time, so I can just drive up and go get it. But I couldn't log in, so I kept trying different passwords. Like it doesn't seem to be working. Okay, okay, fine, I'll reset my password, and it sent me the code to reset it in an email. But then it said, sorry, this is like having an error for some reason. So I couldn't do anything. So then I had to leave my apartment to go buy it in person. And then, but then they gave me the wrong orders. And then I had to go back in to get more food and then come back out again. And, but I couldn't give them back the stuff they gave me because like they had some COVID and health regulations. So I just have a box of fries I'm not going to eat and a whole box of dip. But there's like boxes of sauce and that was it. And it was like, what? Why? This is, it was so dumb. And, oh. <laughs> But on the more positive end of things, uh, I don't know the last time I brought this up, but uh, I was making a video about Kolioko for my U- my YouTube channel, and uh, I finally got it done after working on it off and on for a year and seven months. It, Damn, that's but a lot of time. It is, and it's out, um, and I've been very pleased to see that um, the fans of the community have really blown it up like on Twitter. So I've got it's already over 100 views, and it's only been like, Yay, like wow. two, two days. Two days, so which is g- pretty good for my channel, g- given how little I upload. So, like, I'm just really happy that people l- seem to love it and is very successful. If you want to check it out, you can. It's just that, like, Code Lyoko is an older show. It, it is available for free on their official YouTube channel, so you can get into it if you want to. It's just older, it's a product of its time, and it goes over not just the original show, but also the sequels to it, which there have been two of. It's a complicated mess, and... You do it if you want to, but, like, you know, I figured I'd share that. I finally got something made on my other channel for once. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. And um, as we head to the news, guys, listen, remember, we need to to appreciate um, in its base value how awesome um, Marvel Sports is. Uh, Mm I just want to circle back. That's the the theme of today's episode, since we don't really usually do themes, so let's do one. Um, because there's just, and, and listen, there's just been a lot of upset lately or just speculation and there's a lot of things have happened dramatically. Um, so people are kind of overlooking that again. So just reminder, this is a friendly reminder, um, around Waff's, uh, very exciting lunch story. Um, no, actually congratulates to him, of course, on the video. Um, go watch it, go to Waff's channel, link that somewhere, Waff, and watch it. <laughs> but yeah, this is the reminder, the PSA to enjoy Marvel sports. Just enjoy it. And we'll talk about that more in detail after the news. Let's go to the news. Don't forget to email us, by the way. MSWpodcast at gmail.com. You can always email us. Say anything. Talk about Marvel Maniacs. You want to hear opinions? Now let's go to the news. Marvel Sports fans, I'm Commander Wolf here with the Marvel Sports Worldwide News. There's not much to cover today, but hey, let's go over it. Event 3 of Marvel Maniacs, Funnel Collision, was a very exciting alteration to a classic Funnels race. 
as the competitors would roll in opposite directions and often crash into each other to gain the upper hand. There was even a round between Python and Tawny where they collided three times before falling through the funnel. The competitors fought hard, and in the end, Tawny from the Strixes took first, followed by Sterling from the Shining Swarm in second, and Vine from Noxious Ivy in third. Well that's all the news, I told you it was short, but I'm glad you stuck with me. I'm Commander Wolf, you are the best fans in the world! Let's kick it on back with the podcast. Dude, and I'm so used to doing that that if I ever heard somewhat something similar to Waff's voice, um, this is part of the episode, by the way. So just put this in. This is how we go back from the news. Um, okay. This, this is so, Kason, whoever's listening, this is we're back from the news. Um, if I ever hear Waff's voice out in public, just someone similar to Waff's voice counting down three, two, one, I will most <laughs> definitely be clapping at zero. Um, and then people oh, will be man. like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I thought we were recording." <laughs> <laughs> so um keep uh, prank me i don't know um what's the emails <laughs> emails emails we are back from the news johnny waff whatever emails is where we need to go mswpodcast at gmail.com if you don't know the email by now it's probably because you haven't listened to the uh episode because i feel like i repeat that a lot because i mean it, it's a it's important to me that i hear from the people that that read that I mean, listen i mean weekly so we have two emails um Two regulars, love to hear from you guys, and and we have two very different topics, so I'm excited for these. So, Richard Hinckley writes in with the subject, Marble Race Finals! Um, finals. He says, I don't expect you to be able to answer this. Well, <laughs> Marble Sports Connoisseur right here, come on, man. Um, meaning WAF, of course. Uh, answer this question, but why do you think the championship races on the paper tracks are never close races? Very good question. Very good question, I will say. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let Waff as the Marble Sports connoisseur. I'm gonna let him start us off. And and, and Waff, you tell us why would the championship races on the paper tracks never be close races? I think you'll shed good light on this, and then I'll kind of just try to buttress that. Yeah, I think I have a pretty good idea, and it's because well, it's paper, so it bends, and like based on whatever marble is heavier, like the weight will it'll shift the marbles in certain directions. Marbles will then be able to take turns faster, or they might be able to. A marble might hit a a dip in the in the track because of how it bends. That'll slow them down, and be, because the paper and the paper then wears over time. So the long, the more races you do on this track in those videos, the more and more worn out it becomes, and so certain parts become more advantageous while other parts become disadvantageous over time. And that's just kind of how it is. So if you want more consistent racing that is more fair and doesn't change as much over time you're going to need to use something much sturdier than paper i think that's a pretty airtight answer um i'll just add to it uh just trying to capture as much information as we can here um in order to really uh see this question as best possible richard um as someone who i know is listening to this so you, you can follow up with us here uh my question my follow-up questions would be first of all what are the championship races different than the regular races? Is there something about the championship race that is different from all the other races you run that might make it different? Um, and also, are you experiencing the same problem with the non-championship races? Are you are you are all of them not close? Because if you're experiencing the same problem with all of your races, then it's a problem with how the races are performed. Probably the track, the paper. 
Um, if you're experiencing it only in the championship races, then it still might be could be a problem with the, the structure. But we have to look at what are those differences. So if you have any light to shed on that, um, email back in. Oh, he actually typed in the chat here. Each race is the same race. You're seeing same amount of marbles, same amount of everything. And um, but is the um, uh, is the regular races actually a lot closer compared to the championship one? Um, you know, are there more marbles or each race is the same type of the race? The other question. The other question would be, like, do you reuse these paper track pieces for other races? Because then that just compounds the wear and tear problem because now they're just being used several times across several different competitions. I would say with the assumption that this is only happening in the championship races, but for some reason all the races are identical somehow, I would say that I would agree with Waff that paper is not a constant material in the relative to marble racing. What I mean by that is paper is not going to look and be in the same exact position five races later than after the first race just because it's not perfectly well com- relative to what force a marble can exert it's not going to stay completely the same so i would say that you're probably having a little wear and tear um, other marbles and certain marbles in different positions pushing on the paper will then push the paper in ways that might affect other marbles next to them um and Construction, yeah, construction paper is not going to be uh, strong enough to act like if you put race them down wood or plastic. So I'd say just be aware of that. You might want to try to use a stronger material. Um, sometimes marbles, sometimes with marbles is just luck too. You know, um, championship mm-hmm. may just work out that way sometimes. And but the keeping, you want to keep as many things constant as possible when you race. Right. Uh, marbles that means the surroundings that means the location that means the temperature even even though that's weird that means wind if you can that means the material they're racing on that means the starting gate the time it takes to start you know everything needs to be as constant as possible to allow it to be very solely the marbles that we're judging here so be aware Mm -hmm. of that next email missing hype from adieu oh this is a fun one because um I didn't even read all of this, and I already have some comments. But here we go, Adu. I'm watching Marble Maniacs because I like the channel and this type of content, but the series simply didn't conquer me so far. What a use of words. And the poor communication and the poor communication and is limiting its potential. Well, it's I think it's meant poor communication is limiting its potential. Yeah. Well, it's nothing surprising at this point, it, and it just makes me think, how 2020 was atypical but how do you get people talking if you just leave them in the dark social media management needs to be professional this is in bold for such a large ambitious organization it's not ideal to wait for a volunteer to take on this job even if they do great inside even if they do great inside their possibilities and most important how do you expect the company to properly work if their internal communication is so bad the collaborator collaborators can't do much if they don't know either by the way, do you think JMR is leaning too hard on external details, the scenario, and the halftime show, for example, to the point it's overshadowing sports action? I'm not sure on this, but I have seen opinions that consider it as a potential issue. Hmm. Well, I'll talk first on this one. All right. So remember what I said in the intro. That What I said in the intro, that moment right there, is very, very close related to Edu's email. Because they think, I mean, li- listen to what he goes into. He says the series didn't conquer him so far. Poor communication. Um, 
2020 is a typical social media management volunteers company is not working internal communication leaning too hard in external detail there is no mention of and listen edu i i like your email i agree with a lot of things you have to say i do agree with them i think you make points that are valid points but nowhere in this and literally it's it's hilarious it's hilarious this is this email is three two paragraphs nowhere within this email is there a mention of any team participating in marble maniacs there is no mention of any event in Marble Maniacs. There is no mention of any action performed by a marble in the series so far, where you have three events to pull on the, on those character on that and those events. You could mention anything. You could mention literally anything. There are so many actually awesome moments that uh, marbles performing actions from those three events. You could even have mentioned in the email. And you did not. So so what what I had to say in the intro is directly related to the fact that this is a lot of content to talk about that has nothing to do with the fact that it is absolutely awesome that we send two marbles into a funnel and they and you have that that suspense of whether they're going to collide or not. That's an awesome event. I'm not it even going to tell you what my rating for the, that event is. We'll, we'll get there. But wow, that watching that event made me happy. Okay? Mm -hmm. So my I just want and the, and again, these are valid. These are valid points. But I just want to pull us back to the fact that the events in Marble Mania X, the actual experience of sitting down and watching those videos and seeing the creativity that has come. I don't know who came up with these three events, but two of them came or actually those ideas were imagined on this podcast a year ago. One of them, I don't think we ever had opposite funnel spin as an as an idea here. Yeah, and I'm ashamed that we didn't because that's such a great idea. Yeah, I feel like because... My like, yeah, because I I think our funnel thought was more like a big funnel and then like like an elimination race and that's what's actually hopefully going to happen in Racing Marble League in the tournament this year. But yeah, we never had that opposite. I think it crossed my mind, but I figured and like it actually the way it manifested was very different than I expected. I expected that if they they actually sent them in opposite evenly, that they'd always contact at the first mm -hmm. point at the side, but it never works out that way. They always contact a lot later, so it's a really good event. Um. So, it's it, it. We didn't think of that one, but but besides the point, the three events are very good, and the three events are very creative. And I don't know who came up with them, but they are really fun to watch. And I think that 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 shouldn't. We can we can acknowledge the things that do says in this email because they're true, or they're at least worth talking about. But let's not let them overshadow just how enjoyable it's been to see certain events and just to, to appreciate Marvel Maniacs. Um, mm -hmm. uh, to address this other point, uh, I think that the external details of Marvel Maniacs, like the halftime show and the music and some of this other stuff, um, I personally love them and think they are exactly the kind of thing I've been looking for to JMR to step up their game as content creators. Because we've talked mm -hmm. about this a ton. Making everything, yeah. working on making things more engaging. I think it does that. I think the events have made it more engaging. Um, so I think they're, I think they're firing on all cylinders with Marble Maniacs. I'm honestly really disappointed in the fact that this is getting a lot lower views and other stuff. Also, I'm, I am disappointed in the stuff Edu said, the, the poor communication and the social media management and the stuff that is falling flat from JMR's end in this case, because like to, to. Be, to put Marble Mania maniacs out there um, to the community in the same way that all the other ones were, 
And this would have fell, fallen so much better if we didn't have all that previous drama right off the back um, of 2021 with the committee and things like that. Um, so that being said, that's how I respond to the email. Um, I, again, I think all the stuff you mentioned is worth talking about, but the Marble Maniacs has just been so fun to watch. Um, Waff, any thoughts? Um, honestly, yeah, I can, I'm, I think I'm a bit half and half on that. Like, I definitely agree that, like, these events have been some of my all-time favorites, and we're definitely gonna get into the, uh, the funnel, right, uh, what, what, what was the what was the name of this event actually specifically? Funnel, was it called Funnel Endurance? Funnel 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 something. Well, the funnel whatever the I don't know. Might have been stream. I don't know. I feel like it was it was something else like Funnel Collision. Uh, no, that, that doesn't be. sound right. Uh, I'm about to find out right now. Well, it's funny I, that I we guess don't remember what, the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real Marble Sports Connoisseurs over here. Yeah, Funnel <laughs> Collision. You were right, actually. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay. But like, uh, oh, and then in the title it says Extreme Funnel Clash, but the event name's actually Funnel Collision. Um, uh, okay. Thumbnails gotcha. also have been looking okay. Like, good. Yeah. They, they, look like, they look like the 2019 thumbnail. Back to mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, at least they're better than yeah. the, the non-piney ones. Um, yeah. From Marvel uh, League. Yeah. Um, but, like, back to what um, EJ was talking about. Um, I mean, he's not wrong in that, like, yeah, the advertising hasn't been the strongest... And so hype hasn't been as high for it, but and there were there have been communication issues. Like even like after the first event, like there wasn't like a a stats table that showed like the points afterward, like like the uh, the overall points. Like after the first event, we just saw the points for that event, and it's like, is this how points are scaling from here? Like what's going on? And like even the 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 JMA didn't know what was going on. So like there are communication errors just internally too, and that does gonna that is gonna affect things going forward. But like. I don't know, like, it's not bothering as me, me as much, and I also, I don't think focusing on things like halftime shows and the external aspects of, like, marbles and, like, on the benches and doing this stuff is bad, like, because that just makes the world feel more alive, and I'm actually glad that they're doing more of that stuff, so I I don't think that they have put too much focus on it. I think they've put just enough. I, I don't think they've gone too far yet. Yeah, um, I I really think that the balance between actual event and extraneous detail is really good right now, and I I do agree in being cognizant of where it's at because usually what can happen is if creativity starts to fall flat or repetitive on the event side that they're like all right we'll just put more music in or put more lights in you know and be like Mm -hmm. kids like people come because you know obviously there's a lot of comments right now since the halftime show is new like oh my god the halftime show blah 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 make greg woods do karaoke or something you know it's (laughs) like everyone everyone is excited about that now so then they'll probably try to play off that which is usually what what channels in general things what happens with things when there's something new that's exciting and then that falls flat and then they realize that new extraneous detail falls flat fall back to the creativity that we used to have oh that's gone because we haven't done that in years so that is something to be cognizant of and to keep track of but right Mm -hmm. now the balance is good the creativity is there everything's fine on all cylinders honestly if this is what we saw if this was marble league honestly this would be already the best marble league ever if you put these events in marble league 2022 Marble League is easily my favorite Marble League already. Like, literally, just the two. Just the domino bowling, the funnels, and the diving. All those three events are banger events. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very good events. 
So I'm I'm just saying that yeah, that, that, that we, we shouldn't. Should... Yeah, I, I just feel like people aren't realizing that or inner community people that like to analyze, and I get that because I overdo it. Like they're not, they're kind of missing that. That wow, if I saw this in 2016, if if I saw this when Marvel Sports was just getting its start, I would I would I would be like, that's bananas that this exists right now. You know, I mean, so try to keep that perspective. Try to keep that kind of, uh, that, um, that I, we can call it like toddler in Marvel sports perspective. Like it's just new, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And that, but we talked about it so much. I think we should actually get into the official discussion about the event itself. Yeah, I'm playing it on the thing. I figure we're just kind of transitioning. That's all the emails, by the way. MSW at Gmail. MS- <laughs> did it wrong. MSW. Podcast. If you don't know how to spell podcast, look it up on your computer at gmail. Or look at the just scroll down a little bit, and you'll see it on our, our name mswpodcast at gmail.com Email us. I actually, I have a my big question is, what do you guys think about Marvel Mania X? Because I feel like I've heard a lot of uh, ranging opinions, and I want to hear what you guys have mm-hmm. to think. Did your opinion change when you hear me try to when you hear what I had to say about it, did it get stronger, weaker, whatever? Whatever. I want to hear about it. I want to hear what you guys think because when you guys think, we think even more than we already do about this. Um. So, um. Anyway, Extreme Funnel Clash. Obviously, uh, we have some analysis to do, and actually, we're gonna go back to some roots here today. We haven't done this in a while, at least in a major way. But this event is actually gonna bring back a strategy talk. I think I don't remember the last event oh. we had a strategy talk on where we actually dived into a dove, sorry, into what are the best strategies for actually winning this event and what what marbles should do because we kind of talk about it here and there, but we haven't really focused on it. So um, uh, it might have been back in 2019, 2020. I feel like it's been a while since we've really focused on um, the actual strategies marbles need to have because we kind of like a lot of things have been like all right well we get what we need to do for racing we get it we get it right so mm-hmm. um we're gonna have some of that today because this is a completely new event with a lot of dynamic possibilities um so but let's start with the uh, event rating event appreciation waff start us off give uh just give your thoughts give your rating of 10 hmm oh boy i would say nine out of ten and because it's it's almost perfect, like, like this this feels a lot like a Beyblade battle. Like like, like that's a, that's the, <laughs> the entire vibe I got. Our blades. Like like I didn't even expect him to be, like I thought when they hit each other once, okay, they're gonna lose all their momentum and they're both just gonna shoot down to the bottom. But no, sometimes they hit each other three times. Like that's more than I expected. Like this is black hole funnel, but good. And like I didn't think you could do it. Like the only <laughs> thing that's really taking off like one point there is that. Someone pointed out that it could probably be more fun if it had multiple marbles, like like two per team. I disagree and, with that, but I'll get to that. Like, like there, there, we we can definitely discuss that, but like this is definitely an event that I would love to see. And like I'm wondering, I don't think it should replace normal funnels, especially since I feel like the funnel endurance needs to have a consistent track design just so we can actually start keeping track of records finally, because they change it every dang year. But maybe having a secondary funnel event like this where they're colliding and fighting and cl- clashing with each other would be entertaining maybe four marbles going at once would not be would be too much because then i think at that point they would just start losing momentum and falling in but it would maybe get a little crowded two, you know two maybe two v two would be fine i think that's something to at least, at least experiment with like, all, like off screen that that way you can figure out if it would work well or not 
Heck, they might have already done it, actually, and that's why they picked to do just one. And who knows? Yeah, um, I would say, uh, addressing a bunch of things here, the size of the final, I think a 2v2 is possible, whether maybe you have another track where marbles are on the other side, or maybe you just have uh, rows of two, because I think then it could recreate more dynamic um, positions, also allow for situations where teams could come back, because maybe you have a point system where depending on where you finish, how much points you get. So that if your team drops in first, maybe if your other marble holds on to drop in last, then like that kind of evens out for the other team who drops in at two and three. Just, you know, there's a bunch of dynamic possibilities. Um, I think that it, you'd have to test that out. I think with this giant sink that they're using, I don't know what it is, but it's giant. It could actually work um, in, in a it sense. It looks bigger than the... Bl- is this the same black hole funnel, or is it bigger? It feels like it's bigger. I don't, I don't know, and I don't know where they're getting this. No one makes these. Um, um, but I think what they said was like they took like a a giant shand, like like a chandelier shade or whatever, and turned and just used that. I think that's what it was. I could be wrong, but like it's not meant to be used as a funnel, as far no, as I'm no. aware. No, 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 because there is no, there is low demand right now or ever <laughs> for funnels for marble racing channels. That is, that is of low demand. <laughs> giant yeah, that, funnels, that, giant, just massive funnels for, uh, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that go down to that such a small hole. Like if it was like a massive hole, like, like okay, like, like a giant mixing funnel, like for like a factory. Okay. But no, it just gets to that small point to where the marbles can actually race in it. It's like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I I think uh, two uh, two and two could work. Um, this event needs to be in Marble League. It really does. It mm-hmm. first of all, like, like Waf said, it would add a second funnel event, which would be really nice because funnel spinning, funnel spinning is. I guess, I mean, I think it's very fair to say funnel spinning is the correct way to identify a marble that is going in a circle in a funnel. I know they're not spinning, they're rolling, but I think as a right. term, I'm when I say funnel spinning, I mean a marble going around and around in a funnel. Um, so, so the action of funnel spinning is important to the world of marble sports. They should have two funnel events. This one is so different from funnel endurance. It's not even funny. Um, and it's extremely fun to watch. I, I can't stress how extremely fun to watch this is, uh, at least for myself, just every time, every half circle, the suspense of, are they going to collide? Seeing them not collide now. And then visualizing your mind makes quick judgments. When, when this happens, mm-hmm. when they miss, it makes quick judgments about and, 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 and it kind of plans out their path subconsciously. Will they collide next? And your mind will kind of make, will kind of like be like, oh, wow, they might actually collide in the next half circle. And, and then you just, your mind's playing games with this. You're playing games with the game. It's fun from a watching standpoint. And when they collide, like Gloff said, it's not over. Actually, a lot of times marbles that were collided with and and fell towards the inside of the funnel actually ended up winning for some odd reason we'll talk about that when we talk more about strategy but it's it's really cool it's really cool it's unpredictable and it's unpredictable in a way where you can attribute all the unpredictability to skill of the of the marbles if of course we're role playing as the marbles or athletes we can attribute everything to them it's not unpredictability like a plinko board where we can't attribute the unpredictability to to skill so yeah, it, and it feels like for whatever reason this event felt like very easy to imagine, like they were se- like sentient beings, like, d- d- like making micro changes in their turns and like d- deciding <laughs> when to collide. Like it, like for something about it, it just felt like oh yeah, they they're they, they're calculating their next attack. <laughs> yeah, and I I think um um 
uh, you know what? No, the Let It Roll podcast said the best event. Their title, their title for the best event in Marble League history was for Domino Bowling, which is also really good. But I think I might even title this one exactly their title to kind of make that satire because I think this is the best event in Marble League history. In Marble League history. Don't even talk to me about 5-meter sprint. Don't talk to me about funnel endurance. And I love collision and rafting. This is the best event in Marble League history by far because because this is an example and we've talked we've mentioned this before too. I always love to I always love to call back to when we talked about something before because maybe you guys remember when we when we when we said this without all the information and then it because I love I love mentioning that we said this without this information now we have it actually manifesting. We discussed the fact that the the best way to make marble sports is they find a way to make the simplest possible action interesting and this is an event that is so simple. This is so simple in form. You send two marbles in the funnel at different directions. I summed it up in one sentence. Two marbles, one different directions, one funnel. Literally a few words, but it's so fun to watch. It's so interesting and complex, even in the simplicity. This one by far is a 10 out of 10. It's the first 10 out of 10 I think I'm giving on this. Um, no, I gave a 10 out of 10 to diving because I had that idea or something. Oh no, I gave a 10 out of 10 to something else because I had the Elimination idea. Elimination race, I would assume. No, something Maybe. else. I just gave ten out of ten to something else. But this is this is a by far ten out of ten in um in uh for event from me because uh, also the Strixes one and I'm a Strixes fan because I like owls <laughs> so that works too. Um, but this is this has got to be their best work. Yeah, and like I think like just further adding to that simplicity of things like they literally just took like the concept of black hole funnel which is arguably which is not the just worst event in marble the event. league history and, and just by and just by alternating where some of the marble like just the marbles went just by putting them in the opposite direction it automatically became an infinitely better event and like the, the thing is like this event this event can be done in several ways in marble league like you can either just do it just funnel collision but you could also do like some sort of funnel race where like there's like an alternating platforms like okay this one goes here, so this one heads left, then the next model comes in, goes right, then the next one goes left, and so on and so forth. So it's like it's a, a faster version of the funnel endurance, but like there's more action to it. And then you that could either be like just only funnel racing like that, or you could have it part of the obstacle course. So it's just one of the obstacles you gotta go through. Like there are so many ways you can adapt this thing into different forms of events that like there's just no reason not to use it. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Um yeah, and I mean, there is really many ways you could use a funnel, like even, um, so like the Racing Marble League idea that I had that I'm still hoping uh, ends up uh, manifesting um, is an elimination race in funnels where you send one from every team and it's the first one or two to fall through and then you reset them and it's like an elimination race, but it's in a funnel. So you have a lot more of the collision and close raising, um, which I think will be exciting as well when that finally gets going. Um but yeah, there's so many ways to use the funnel, and this was a expert, expert, expert way to use the funnel. Um, and it's just, and it's just so funny to me because black hole funnel was so freaking bad. It was so bad. It made me. I dislike that video. I always like to say that I dislike that video on the channel. And I, I would dislike it again. I would go dislike it with more accounts. But this one, oh, this one right here, that's a big like. Honestly, big like, and, and like, I'm going to comment. I'm just going to say awesome. I, mean, I spelled it wrong. I totally, I just typed random letters, and it looks like awesome. Um, yeah. Like, this like, is just, I'm saving this video to a playlist <laughs> I'll never look at, but I'm saving it just to make the point that this is just amazing. Oh, man. I, I feel like, um, 
I was expect like for some reason I had an idea when I saw some of the like the preview images that like oh there is gonna be like some sort of barriers in the funnel, but like I'm actually glad that they didn't do that because like I feel like there's very little ways you can do that that doesn't 100% just kill the momentum, you know? True, because the the enjoyment of um, funnel collision and just funnel spinning in general is the is the speed watching the marbles mm-hmm. have this high speed as they run around the funnel. And then the, and then there is enough action created when the marbles collide, like totally enough that you don't need like, I don't know, some random obstacles in there because then they'll just stop the momentum and then it'll all go to, I'll just kind of die right there. So yeah, you didn't need any obstacles for sure. Yeah, you just mentioning apparently that like like something about like how placing barriers is a dynamic changer, which almost implies that someone's done before. Like, I'm like, if if someone's done it, I'll see it. But like, like I just I have a hard time imagining my head like barriers in a funnel endurance that doesn't kill it completely. Edu's asking, what do I think of the first round of Strix's verse constrictors? Oh, M and H did this apparently. They put barriers in the funnels. But did they? Did they do? Did they do like a bi-directional thing like this? They didn't, they didn't I had no idea. I mean, it's just not that cool. <laughs> All right. Um, um, do ask me to look at um, constrictors restrictors, so I'm going to go find that. Is there anything specific you want me to to take away from this? Um, oh, no. This, oh, I, yeah, be, okay. I, I completely forgot to mention something. That, uh, there was one other negative. They didn't do slow-mo replays to show some of the cooler collisions and, and, and how well they worked out. Like, that is probably the, uh, that's the only other negative I have is they need to have slow mo replays of the collisions to show what what happened specifically because something happened way too fast to really fully process them. Um. Okay. Again, I do. I know you're in chat, so I need you to tell me um if there's something if you just want me to watch it and talk about it, or if there's something specific you want me to look for in this in the first round Strix's constrictors. Um. But second of all, uh, yeah, I feel like I, a replays would have been nice. I think that visually i had no problem like look seeing what was going on when they collided and stuff sometimes it was tough to see everything but like most of the time i could see fine so i think replays would be nice but they're not as necessary as like in diving where everything gets totally distorted in the sure. water where you totally need the replays um so i guess also to keep in mind someone complained about the, the the uh the finish line cam wasn't angled in a way to where you could see which marble came out first very easily now fortunately this time around it was easy enough because you could see which one fell through the funnel first most of the time but sometimes they got a little close to each other to where you really should have had the camera angled better over like a actual finish line or something i really don't know why they had the camera at the like at that weird angle i mean honestly what i think they should actually do um is either have an inset cam or a cam that like have a long track coming out of the funnel um well here's what i okay here's what here's would be my 11 out of 10 in my personal opinion because if you okay so the suspense is very high in this event right suspense is very high Mm -hmm. and the anticipation very high you can take that and just just shove that into 11 out of 10 just above comprehension understandings if you have this giant funnel and you race two marbles, they do the whole thing, and then you have a mini funnel at the end, right before the finish line, like a last chance funnel, because it, that would just make for ridiculous, just last chance competition. Um, and I really think that'd be cool. 
Um, and it also would, it would allow for a much more dynamic and fun cam at the at the exit because then you'd really see it all happen there at the at the uh, at the mini funnel. But in most of the time, the mini funnel would not mean too much because it's a mini funnel, and um, uh, the uh, I would I mean like a small funnel where it's not going to be that many spins before the before the marble falls through. So it doesn't you know the marbles if they're even a little bit far apart from the big funnel, then the marbles are going to. Um, uh, the, the mini funnel won't affect that race, but if it's close and they both get there at similar times and it could actually affect it, I think that would be cool. That would raise suspense even more. Awesome stuff. So then, if they go down in similar times, it's like there's this last little bit. So I think that that would eleven to ten for me. Um, but I think ca- a camera where you can really see the marble roll down a track and finish, just so you can really see who's losing, would be nice. Hmm. Um, Agreed. I, I do. Again, I'm still wondering what you want me. Okay, so he do wants me to watch Python. I mean, Constrictors restricts first round. So I'm watching it. I'm curious about what he wants from me. Oh, this might be the race where I wanted to talk about. So we'll see. We'll actually see. No, no, I don't think this was one. So they're spinning around here. So then he contacts. Oh, thrice. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't know what I do wants me to get out of this, but I do want to talk about this. Um, we talk about strategy. So, Wap, do you have anything else before we talk about strategy? Uh, nope. Good. Okay, so here we go. Um, two big strategies when it comes to um, to this event. There are, um, I mean, there might be more. You might have this whole other one. And maybe, hey, write in MSWpodcastgmail.com if you have another strategy that you think it's not one of the two about a percent. But I think there are two winning strategies, each of them completely different skill sets, but each of them completely valid, and you should pick one of these when you're going into the final, or you're kind of just going to be without direction. Um, first one uh, is never ever make contact with the marble. So uh, you was one race. There's only one. There was one race where the winning marble did not one time collide with the losing one. Uh, I know that mm-hmm. can be said opposite way, but still, point being. That's the smartest way to race. There are so many times during this event where I saw marbles that were on the inside. Because you, okay, you would think, you would think that if you're on the inside, inside line and you get collided into, well, you're going to be the one heading towards the hole quicker. You're going to be the one who loses. Not so. A lot of the times, the inside marble actually ended up coming around and and um, somehow staying in the funnel longer than the marble who collided on the outside, who you think would then be able to direct away from the hole and get more time out there. Not what happened. Um, so when, if you can possess the strategy of I'm not making any contact, I'm just going to, you know, funnel spin to the best of my ability and hope it beats out the other guy. That's a smart way to go because that's uh, for a marble who's fast and light. That's a more than 50% chance of winning for an event. That's so unpredictable. Um, and for marbles like like for certain teams, savage beaters or teams are like of that type, teams of the savage beater type, that strategy is going to work more often than not. Um, you saw it. I think it was I don't remember who did it. I think it might have been Shining Swarm who did that. Shining Swarm Purple Rockets or something. Uh, um, I, I thought it was the uh, Noxious Ivy who did it. Ivy, yeah, yeah, it might have been them. But yeah, one one round had that, and I was like, that is a winning strategy. Uh, highly recommend that. Um, mm-hmm. I actually want to find, can someone actually, I do might know, he knows everything. Um, uh, 
third place uh, it, match. It wasn't. It was the third. The third place match. Find, anyway. uh, hammered the snake. Okay, yeah. So we'll talk about that. Okay, so let me go find the third place match because I, I want to go to the Chrome. I just want you to see it happen because it's always good to kind of see. Um, it's not Ivy. No semifinals. It's in the next race after this. Uh, okay, here we go. So it should be Vine well, it might be here. The third, like the third place match, right? Yeah, third place match is what I'm going to. So Vine versus Dwarf. Um, Not Orbit. Okay, let's see. So let's see what happens. Is it this one? Okay, so... Pretty sure. Assuming it's this one. So And, and Noxious Ivy. I, I want to pause here because... Okay. if Because you have to make the strat... You have to come up with the strategy while you're racing. Okay? Because <laughs> you can't... Right. You can't start the race have a strategy and then get into the ring, see a situation and then not change your strategy because there's just a lot of different possible positions when you get into the funnel. In this case, um, I don't know if this is the one where there's no collision, but hopefully it is. But in this case, anyway, for the Ivy team, you saw that after the first two turns, Ivy was on the outside line on the far side here in the funnel and the near side near the track, both, like the whole circle he is completely outside purple rockets right now and so if you're if you if you come out of the the starting gate and you have that position then your goal needs to be do everything you can to push outside to stay away because you're on outside you're you're, you're a complete circle around the other marble you're not crossing mm -hmm. circles you don't want a collision here Purple Rockets, on the other hand here, need to have a strategy of we need to find a way to find that innermost path of Noxious Ivy and try to push out as much as possible and just make a little contact so we can redirect. And I don't, um, I, this one, I don't know if this one had a collision. I don't think this is the one with the collision, so either way. But that's what the Purple Rockets need to do there. If you can, if you get a full circle, Again, you need to stay on the outside. You need to go for a no-collision strategy. So I'm going to see what happens here. So Ivy actually does dive inside later. And I even think... And it's like even I even think if you're generally on the outside, even if you have a couple times where you intersect that inner line with the other marble, I still think you should play the no-collision strategy because you're still generally, for most of the turns, staying in an, in an orbiting circle and, and an outside concentric ring or whatever compared to the inside path so it, you, it's a good strategy to avoid collisions at that point because you already have the big advantage um so watching this one yeah it looks like purple rockets fall short here um noxious ivy and another thing we're going deep here noxious ivy did a great job um finding an elliptical path as we dive near the center that's important because it's very hard to keep. Well, you're very hard to keep a circular path once you're once you're within the funnel. Like you're really getting close to the center, but um, so you're going to fall into an elliptical path. But you need to choose it wisely. You need to choose one where your the wider parts of the ellipse are happening at places that the purple rockets or the other marble are crossing your path because you want you want to be outside very far when they're crossing and then when the, when your not guys aren't going to intersect then you can have your the inner parts of the ellipse you come inside it's a lot to think about but it's kind of like a feel thing when you're down close and it really shows that the Nox Ivy was was doing everything i can to stay away from possible intersection points um mm -hmm. and then yeah eventually then you because usually what happens you have a big circle then you fall into ellipse midway towards the center and then you come back into a very tiny circle and start to fall through and once you hit that tiny circle that as greg was talking about cross event horizon you're gonna fall in 
um, and Nakusabi knew it at that point and just started to kind of fall in as well because he, uh, it was already happening. So very, very, very good work. That's the strategy when you have an outside advantage. Um, strategy number one, um, look for that in this event, um, especially if it comes back because marbles, marbles that are fast enough to put themselves in a position to have that advantage are going to be marbles who are going to win this event and marbles that you should bet on for this event for your fantasy league or just in general when it comes to funnel racing. Waff, anything to say? Oh, no, you covered it all pretty well. I really thought about that one. <laughs> Vine is truly a, t- a top-tier funnel spinner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, um, that brings us um, to our other strategy where... The Strixes are right now by far the best funnel collision team, even better than the Ivy, because their execution of this other strategy is extremely, extremely, extremely good. So I'm going to go find their race here. Um, God, I just had it before. Um, it was the last one. Actually, Constrictor Strixes. So here we go. I'm about to get it um, up here. All right, we're going to get it up here. So the Strixes, of course, went completely different direction and went for usually max collision, um, which I'm totally fine with because the Strixes aren't the fastest team. They're not a Noxious Ivy. I don't think they ever had a race where they had a full circle around the other team. Um, they were always, they're always created intersecting paths. Like, look look at this one. They were on the inside of the Constrictors already and stayed inside the Constrictors this whole time. And then they started to go out, but now they're back in. They're back in again. They're back in again. And you'll see that the, the, the Constrictors are very much in on the Constrictors towards the end here. And then and then when you get to the end here, we're going to slow this part down. Um, but then they make three contacts in this particular one on the Constrictors and send them right into the hole. Um, right yeah, to the bottom. This is where, we, we need, where you need a slow-mo cam to see yeah, all we have, three Well, we have. I'm going to slow down the YouTube video. Um that would be better quality of the camp. So, so again, I just want to point out here the the noxious. I mean, not noxious, the Strixes are not the in, the team with the advantage going into this particular race. Constrictors have um, at least two thirds, if not more, um, being outside on the passing lanes. So, meaning when you know when they when they cross by the um, by the uh, by the beginning of the track or cross on the far side. The constrictors are towards the outside of the funnel more than the Strixes. I really want that to be clear when I'm explaining that because this is like a new thing. So they're they have that advantage, and they should be playing no contact. But the Strixes on the inside. So as the inside marble, like I said with the purple rockets, the Strixes need to be playing a contact game. And when you and if you and if you um get closer to the center, even as the um unless you really really push it um like the Ivy did in that other race you're going to start to have some points where you fall inside uh, where you get more elliptical on your motion. And that's when the Strixes took advantage of the Constrictors and made the collisions happen. So if you want to watch here, um, so see they start to cross path here. Uh, Constrictors are still on outside. Look one, two times that they're still outside. Uh, Ivy still. And now I now Strixes, sorry, not Ivy. Strixes now get outside for one. And here comes a collision. Boom. And now... You see that collision. The collision was strong. You see where the Noxies Ivy. Um, I keep saying Ivy right. and the Strixes. You see where the Strixes <laughs> are out here, and you see how the Constrictors are, are in. Now that happened a lot, but often what would happen is, be, and you'll see, because look, look. Now we have the Strixes who also lost momentum, falling right near towards the center. Here, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back. So look at this collision. Boom. They're about to collide. Not this time. Next time. 
collide, boom, they collide. Constrictors are on the inside of that collision. They're, of course, sent momentum-wise right towards the center. So, But they're sent fast towards the center. If you're on the outside of a collision, what you're actually what happens is you're sent away from the center, but you're going up a hill when you're sent away. So you lose a mm-hmm. lot of momentum, and then you fall much slower, actually, towards the center, which means you're not going to then flip around the other side and get a, get a rotation on the inside. So that's what right. happens here. So, you, so Strixes also then follow constrictors towards. They see they had a little little hump there, and then they're falling towards you slower. But the Strixes did this right because they saw that the constrictors had more speed than them. They went for another collision. They collided with them um, topside here, very almost a, a straight line from the Strixes to the constrictors to the center hole. And that collision got them both spinning. They got them both spinning circularly in a similar way. And then it, they didn't even need to collide again, but they just happened to because the constrictors came out of the circle trying to dig out of the circle and the Strixes were there. It was almost like a goalie just just kind of blocking balls left and right. And he played this outside line, but played it right. It was beautiful. It was really one of the most beautiful things I've seen in Marvel sports in this past year. I... I this got me really excited. I like, like, and I haven't been this excited on the podcast in a long time. I've spent the last, I have really rambled for this for about these strategies for the last fifteen minutes. I love this event. The Noxus, I, I mean, the tricks is I keep getting the names confused. Chat, uh, but this is so I love seeing this. I, I, I gotta tell you guys that this, um, this, this is why this gets a ten out of ten. The strategy here is so fun to watch, and then of course the Noxus, uh, the Strixes fall. I'm gonna make the mistake forever. Strixes fall, um, in right after, yeah, and seal like, that you, deal. You keep messing the name. I keep f- trying to figure out like, like who was outside when the first collision happened, who wasn't. Like, cause I'm you're mixing me up, dude. <laughs> no, I've been very clear about that. Constrictors were outside. Right, constrictors outside. Constrictors yeah, so were outside when they started. They 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 needed to take advantage of that. They did not. During the collision, the noxious, the uh, Strixes, I keep doing it, actually came outside and collided from the outside and I explained that. Then they went upwards but lost momentum. The constrictors had more momentum coming towards the center, um, mm-hmm. which is why, and I showed it on the video. So if you're watching the Chrome, this makes a lot more sense when I'm talking about it. It'll harder to visualize if you're just listening in. That's why, like, that's why, like, when I say, when I say in the show, go to the Chrome, I'm saying it for a reason. I'm saying, like, this is going to help you understand the words coming from my mouth. If you're driving, stop the car, rewind, <laughs> and watch this section. Um, uh, but uh, that being said, I also want to go to the championship race here um, because I want to just just take another look, I guess, at, at what the Strixes look like here. Um, this is Strixes Signing Swarm. Uh, so that's uh, I love the Signing Swarm, so this should be a good one. Um, but again, this team has, the Strixes have just shown that they really understand the strategy here and, and they don't usually, they're not the team that's usually going for the strategy of just trying to avoid all contact because they're not the team that really is going to be able to do that. Um, because they're usually on the inside. Look, even here, signing swarm gets that first outside line, which is just crazy considering that if you saw the shining swarm kind of bump out of the uh the starting gate there they're on the outside mm-hmm. line for two full turns here um Is that a, a, a tiny collision there it looked like it yeah and then and then i mean it's it's really crazy look at how quick the strixes recognize the uh, where shining swarm is um so they so shining swarms on the outside right now not by a lot though they're very close and then the strixes like 
what they're doing here, um, if if you want to, I mean, of course it's luck, but if you want to stay in role, but what they're doing here, want to stay in that role play, is that they notice the Shining Swarm <laughs> is close and on that outside line, so they direct their path elliptically. You'll see it's not a circle here for this particular the uh, particular path because the Noxivy are playing on the inside. They direct their path elliptically, so they get outside for just the right moment to contact Shining Swarm here. Look at this. Now they've pushed way out here on this left side area. You see my cursor, and now they're gonna they're coming way back in. Look at this path. They're coming way back in on the rest of this turn, but they happen to be right there for the Shining Swarm, and now they get this nice circular path on the outside here. Um, as they start to fall in, but so does the swarm. Now they all now they go elliptically, um, and Noxivy will play on the inside here for a moment. But they're playing only on the inside temporarily because they're both elliptical. So Noxus, uh, the Strix is. I'm gonna make the mistake. I've made a mistake. Like, <laughs> counter on that is like hundred. The Strixes have turned this from a game of who can spin circularly on the outside long enough to a game of well now we have these crazy elliptical cross paths. What could possibly happen? And then the Strixes, again, their strength in this match is being able to make smart collisions. So th look at the look at how elliptical it is here. Well, the Strixes are able to play with that pretty well. Now, now they are on the inside here. C compared to the Shining Swarm, they're way on the inside here at the end. But but they know they have a lot. They have less space to worry about, and they know how to deal with that less space. And now, when Shining Swarm has to cross through because they're so oval shaped. And so they're, so they're literally getting halfway up the funnel, but on the other sides of their curves are crossing inside so close to that hole. Ivy knows how to deal with that. And so he gets in the way, and then... And actually, I, I, I will do it so much. I love this collision right here. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, so, I, so Strix is inside. Mm -hmm. Shining Swarm come back in. Strixes go out a little bit. And now they take a collision on the inside. They take a front-to-back collision. And so, and they know this is good because the Shining Swarm being elliptical is going to come down with so much speed um, as right. they come through that path that they know if they get in that path, I mean, it's not a 100% chance, but the chances are they're going to take a lot of that momentum, stop the Shining Swarm in their tracks, take all that momentum, look at them having this fast circular movement here, and the Shining Swarm just lose all of that and drop right in because their elliptical path is very close to the center there. Man, I this I have not seen Marble Sports this awesome in a while. <laughs> 10 out of 10 if I haven't said it before. Um, I really haven't been able to analyze like I really haven't. When was the last time we analyzed like this, Waff? Like this is so, so good. Um, it is definitely, 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 definitely the best event in Marvel Sports. And so that's why I do. I'm not dwelling too much on the other things you have to say today because this is worth um, more to me than what JMR and Dion are doing at the particular moment. If they can put things out like this, I'm gonna take a small break from being like. Why are we not advertising? Why do the thumbnails look like crap? All that other stuff. I mean, but thumbnails don't look bad right now either. Just I was just bringing up some stuff from the past that we usually would focus on. Right, of course, of course. I, I would add something, but you kind of covered that too thoroughly. But like, you just <laughs> got it so good. Sorry, Waff. That was like, I when I had the chance, when I had the chance to be able to have to put that analysis on especially when i'm a big strixis fan so it even motivated me more i had to go nuts uh, especially since i haven't brought that in a while here in the show and it's deserving of uh of that so um 
being said, uh, I think I'm going to turn, I'm going to take a break with my voice and turn things to WAF. <laughs> Anything you want to say about uh, the final thing, of course, please finish up. And then just talk for a while about NASMART, which I got a little annoyed at because Quillo didn't qualify, so I didn't watch see, uh, Event 3 as much as uh, Waft did. So I'm going to let him kind of take it away a little for a little while here on what's going on. We have some 10, 15 minutes left in the show, so we'll round yeah. it out with that. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add about Final because you were so thorough, so I'll just kind of move on to NASMART. We didn't really discuss uh, Race 2 last week just because uh, it's kind of turned to more discussions about it because it was JM's first time seeing it, and so it kind of became more of a discussion about like, production values and whatnot. But, like, I've been taking notes on the races just because there's so much. And, like, in race two, like, it was, like, a very wild race. Like, just in the first group race, like, Nugget got knocked out of the track twice by their teammate 66. One time felt more aggressive, other more defensive. Like, Jack Tatum and Confetti were stalling on the track. Like, P- Blowstorm and Woodpecker got knocked off, knocked Winks off. Like, there were so many racers falling off of the, the in race two. Spitz like like oh and roll rolling specifically was a, a lot that happened there like Spitzer rolled over on their hood, Aquilo spun out and gave Piper the win and the group six, but then South fell the track all that me. stuff. Streamer made a like great pass in the final twelve um to move on. Uh, I'm just really just kind of blasting through this Aquilo. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Inside the rat track. Oh, the next race is what I really want to look at. Oh, the finals for the race two. It was uh, it's two cars from Red Panda's Racing were in the finals again. So like another opportunity for this one team to get to just take it all. But but Lamon Drizel like is like just been a really dominant force, just kind of like season one, and like they they managed to get a very close win, which made it very exciting. But the race I really want to talk about is race three. Which I know Quillo didn't qualify, but Spitzer did really, really good. It was her first final twelve appearance this season, so that was awesome for me at least. I know. Uh, but another big thing that happened was Jack Tato swept Piper in the final twelve, which is the first time this season for Piper to not lo- to lo- to like lose this early. And so, oh, did I did I skip over this detail? Oh my gosh, I did. So in the previous race, I'm sorry. Like in the 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 final six, uh, Piper actually had a chance of becoming the first uh racer to have two back to back finals appearances, but just barely lost it. But then Drizel took that title instead, and then they when they won that race, um, they were actually the previous defense like they won that title last year so they defended their title at this race and they're the second driver to ever win multiple races in their career so again drizel is just really really good okay i'm sorry this is so all over the place i'm sorry but back to race three spitzer they got they made it to final six they got swept by steve unfortunately but they did still win fourth place so i'm very happy for that and i'm looking forward to spitzer doing better going forward like that's the only no- note I have for fourth place is Spitzer wins it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Although we can't skip our uh, Prime's act. Like in the final twelve, Nugget looked like they were going to win it and move on. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, Prime looked like they were going to move on, but then their axle actually broke on the home stretch. Oh wow! And so Nugget took it from them. Like I don't that's know. The like, worst. Yeah, like it's just the worst timing ever. I think there was one axle problem that happened last season where it got bent. But, like, it's just unfortunate to see 
a racer, especially when they are like right there on the verge of victory, like just crash out. Like this, it's sad, but it's it adds to the fun of it. Like it's, it's unexpected; you don't see it coming. And then the, the star of race of race three was Jack Tato, hands down. Like they nearly had a perfect win streak in the final race. Like they had they they won two wins back to back. Steve broke the streak, but then immediately after that, Jack Tato got two more wins in a row and won it. They almost had a perfect run, which I don't think anyone's ever done before. No, a, four, a, a, a 4-0 in the four oh oh in the finals has not occurred in Nasmorb yet. That would be ridiculous. Um and just really cool if that ever happened. Well, it looks like it will never happen if it doesn't happen this season, but it would be very cool. Yeah, like it's it's definitely gonna shape up to be something very interesting. Spitzer has kind of, is closer now to the cutoff point. They are so they haven't, they, and there's still like five more races, which I guess th- there there wasn't one this week because uh, Hershey actually got his, the job that he wanted, working uh, doing graphic design for a, a racing team. So he took this extra another week off to kind of get working on that. So oh, what else? Now this has come to mind. I just want to say this. Um... When, when this is over, because I know, okay, so Hershey's going to be, Hershey's just going to, this will probably never occur again on Hershey's channel. He's going to be busy with his job, and that's mm-hmm. going to be his life. Like, that's going to, his life is moving in a completely different direction. So I may ask him, and this still may come to nothing, because, again, it wouldn't be me doing this, but I may ask him if I can present this idea to the guy who does races and fun, who just hmm. is moving into a new studio that's much bigger and so maybe open to something like this if he was kind of shown how this is possible because um, he's got a lot more advanced stuff on the Hot Wheels side when it comes to tracks and uh, awareness of how to ma- how to do use new features in the Hot Wheels world because he's been doing that so long. And he has like conveyor belts that um, he's considering changing into something that like acts like an elevator to bring the Hot Wheels back up for a circuit race. Just crazy stuff like that coming soon. So I, I may ask if, if this is something I can present to him. He still might not because this is a lot of work and like he already has to spend a lot of time making the tracks and everything. So this might be hard for him because I don't have to do the whole laser cutting or whatever. I don't even know what Hershey did to make this happen, but he did some crazy shit. Um, but yeah, it might be something worth bringing up because yeah, you know what? You know what? NASMARP would be cool and even cooler if you could if we could bring it to um races and fun because remember you know they have a studio they have a whole thing right um and this is already very revolutionary imagine if we could take the garage floor away um maybe even add a circuit ability um and stuff like that um i i mean i don't know if it would mean that these specific cars would be allowed to be submitted in or whatever and um and how that would work but at least the whole idea would continue so i may ask him about that because this is something it's just as much as i totally didn't watch this week's one because quillo didn't qualify um in general i would be very sad to see this series end and um you know and, and you know this this could become something really cool if it was continued to be built on and and um refined and things like that um and you know um you know whatnot so um that being said, I also want to point out that when you have a car, when you, because I, of course, submitted my car, Quillo, MSW, whatever, into this race. When you have a car in a race, um, when your car is not qualified for the event, there's this total mental demotivation to care about the event because now you realize, who am I rooting for? Like, who do I care about? If you watch, if you're right. a fan who doesn't have a car in, 
then you can root for anyone. You can be like, oh, I like that car that's yellow and white. Lamone Drizelle actually is one of my favorite designs. Um, and you'd be like, I'll root for that one because I like that and I like the name. I love the name Lamone Drizelle too. Um, I don't know why I didn't just watch and root for Lamone Drizelle because I have a car in the thing and I can't. So I'm just pointing that out that, that makes, it makes it really hard when you have a car in there to care about if your car is not in the qualified because then you're just like, ah, I don't want to see all the other cars race where it should be Quillo. So that was hard, but it is what it is. Um, but anyway, th- those are my thoughts on NASMAR. Um, we'll back to you uh, to kind of wrap that up. Um, like, yeah, trying to continue what you brought up, mentioned about that, like, it, that definitely is, is I've, we've mentioned this 100% uh, in, like, I think several times in past episodes, both about NASMAR and I think also maybe even about Fubeco when discussing the country teams and whatnot before. But, the, like, the double-edged sword of having a team that you are, like, both, like, like as represents you and you might even be financially invested in if you paid for a sponsorship and whatnot is that while you will have way more investment in the races as they're happening if you're in it if you don't or if you're not in it or if you do poorly it's going to be more negative than normal and so it'll leave us much more sour taste in your mouth and you won't be as invested in watching it and so that that's always been the 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 double-edged sword of having more personal teams like that i've been kind of able to avoid it for the most part mostly because like well, if Spitzer's not doing well, well, Quillo is MSW, so I'm always going to root for that too. And then uh, there's Oak, who represents MFA and S Man, who are two good friends of mine. So uh, like, or, or both friends and like for former colleagues to a certain degree. And so it's like, right. uh, oh, like, and then also there's Flair, who's all really close friend of mine. Like, like, and like I want to see Murakami because Murakami was pretty g- a good racer last year. And then you also have like the favorites, like oh, you want to see Jack Tato. Let's run it away. You want to see Nugget, who's got Nugget's marbles in the cars. Like it's almost like Nugget, the the member from the Marvel base, is technically in the race. To so it's like like you get one root for them because like you know them. It's like if you are in the community and you know these people or you are associated with some of these things, like you can, it can be easy to replace that 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 the person to root for at least enough to where you're going to get more into it. I'm always going to be more interested when Spitzer isn't it. Yes. But I have learned to adapt and well, I mean, select people I want to watch. I mean, that's fair. You almost make me feel bad for not watching and rooting for Spitzer or rooting for Nugget. Um, though I will say my defense to that is that pretty much every car submitted, basically every car submitted, is a member of this community that I know. Um, right. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like, I mean, again, I don't, I'm, besides WAF, I've met none of these people in person, so it's very hard for me to say that besides WAF, any of these people are my really close friends. I mean, like, even if, I, I love all you guys that, that I know in this community. It's just that, like, I'm a very in-person kind of guy. Um, with the, if I'm interacting with someone a lot in person, then that person I get, like, generally a lot closer with. Um, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, um, this is why the pandemic was such a difficult thing for most people. But that being mm-hmm. said, like, it's just so since most most of these cars I know, most of these cars have a person that I'm like, oh, yeah, I've talked to that person a bunch or especially used to when JMR was more engaging community wise. Um, and um, and before college and whatever I'm doing. Um, so um, then I'd be pretty much rooting for all the cars because that'd be everybody. It'd be like and then, you know, so then I don't know. It's like. Like, if it was, like, me and Waff and then everybody else is a complete stranger, I'd probably be more, weirdly enough, I'd be more inclined to watch and hope Waff wins hmm. than, like, if it was me and Waff and everybody else 
was is all who's also in this server. Everybody else in this thing is like all in this server. It's totally true. Like at least like ninety percent of them. So um, I don't know, but I think it's fun. And again, me watching should shouldn't affect anybody else's enjoyment of this at all. Anyway, so it's okay. Um, which just makes me feel a lot better about it. <laughs> I don't I don't have an effect on that, which is good. Um, but again, uh, the event as a whole was good. I like this track. I like the two hairpins. I think it's good. Um, of course, my brain always wants to imagine a circuit race for Hot Wheels, which has never occurred, by the way. I want to point out that there is not a Hot Wheels channel on the planet. I've been trying to get the races and fun guy to do this. I, I, we've talked about this a little bit. There's not a races of the Hot Wheels channel on the planet that has actually implemented circuit racing yet. Really? Into because it's so hard. But are, are there, like, circuit-based tracks that Hot Wheels have released? Like, heck, even as a kid, I had a circuit-based track for, like, the cars, like, like the Hot Wheels cars. Well, I don't think it's been implemented because the racing doesn't make sense um, for the videos with whatever track they might be. And it's been very hard. Um, I've never seen it. It's never been done. Um, on a, 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 at least been done on a channel that matters a channel that is watched by thousands weekly. Maybe it's done on some random channel once with bad camera quality. I don't know. But you know what I mean. It has not been done. So that would be really cool. Um, uh, and especially for NASCAR, that'd be, that'd be nuts. Um, though they would have to kind of somehow stabilize the cars a little more because the cars can kind of spin around a lot. So it's kind of good that there's not a circuit right now. But neither right. here nor there. Um I mean, I mean, for me, that's it. Well, if you have anything else, um, I mean, we have to wrap up here. Uh, no, I th- that's everything for me. All right, then. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I was really happy that I had a chance to 20-minute analyze, we'll call it, because it was basically 20 minutes of me just talking about strategy, which, has, again, hasn't happened in so long. I, I actually don't remember the last time I had we had an episode where that was happening. Like, for a long time. We will talk about strategy here and there, but more in passing and more in relation to other things and whatever. Man, I can't remember. I really can't remember last time we really overdid the strategy stuff. Um, So that was really fun. And, uh, hey, um, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully more exciting events. They get better and better. They get better. Marvel Maniac is so good. I'm so happy that this is Yeah, I'm surprised, dude. I'm loving it, too. Um, And so uh, we'll let Waff take us out. Waff, the man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) Take us out for the the day, and we'll see you next time. All righty, then. Roll on, Marvel Sports fans. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>